dog, Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 Collected Episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2080 thrills and storylines in one place, so you can easily listen to them in one go. Great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. Nane! This is the second of three collection episodes covering Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth Volume 1, and will take us from Prague 262 to 292, the Bagman Blues, to the very start of Fort Nero, and will include both All Hell on the Dixie Front and the Ro- and Rogue's first big confrontation, I guess maybe second, but first direct confrontation, with the Traitor General and the story Marauders! All these adventures were written by Jerry Finley Day with art by Eric Bradbury, Cam Kennedy, Colin Wilson, and Brett Ewens. You can get Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth 1 from the Rebellion web store or your preferred bookseller. And as I said before, we're covering the second part of that volume here, and the final section will be out soon. So, start digging some holes, because Rogue Trooper's on the warpath! This section sees Rogue moving away from the short, single, or double prog stories we've seen earlier to longer and more far-reaching tales. We'll also see the creative team solidify a bit. Uh, generally, stories are either being tag-teamed by Cam Kennedy and Colin Wilson or Brett Ewan sort of dodging it every now and then for a single page or for a single prop. Um, hopefully, I'm, I'll refer to The Fugitive a lot less in this era of our Rogue Trooper coverage. I feel like I overdid it last time. But this is also where the pursuit of the, of the Trader General becomes Rogue's paramount goal. When he isn't, of course, being distracted by a side quest or some temporary threat of the week. We'll also, we'll also see the first of a long-running Rogue Trooper trope, the treacherous femme fatale in a sister sledge in, Dix, in the Dixie Front. I'm excited to get to all these classic Rogue, rogue stories, so grab your back-talking war gear and let's head out! Episode 81, Progs 262-266, to May 1982. Thrill to Rogue Trooper. <laughs> I, you know, I think Jesus, if he ever comes back, would totally want to be a biochip or be blue. Uh, so script oh, robot, hell yeah! Script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Eric Bradbury, Cam Kennedy, and Colin Wilson, letting robot Bill Nuttall. So, how else are you gonna know? Really? Anyway. After a rousing death-themed version of, sat- of the song Satisfaction, uh, yeah. Bagman, the biochip in Rogue's backpack, is getting pretty mouthy. Uh, perhaps Bad yeah, news. Yeah, it's probably as a consequence of, the, uh, of getting damaged last episode. So uh, Rogue's worried about the chip, but he doesn't want to freak Bagman out. So instead he makes his way to an area, it's like a desert area full of ash storms, pitches a tent, and does some maintenance on the chips. Hey, no problem. Who wants to go first? Oh, everybody except Bagman. He's they're just following along with his idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh he does Gunner and Helm first to put to put Bagman at ease, though both checks take a lot of time. Rogue begins the check on Bagman and sees something wrong, but before he can do something about it, the tent is attacked by Stammo riding North Desert Raiders. Damn you Norts! I was helping my bud, and now my Checking device is broken. Luckily, Bagman is packing some anti stammel gas, which instantly which? kills the mutant camel mounts of the Norts. Is that, remember when he was taking out all of his stuff? Was that one of the things? I mean, we only saw like about the first 30, 30 or so things, and I think he That's ended up with fair. about 50. So there's a bunch of stuff that we haven't seen yet. Well, anti stammel gas seems pretty important. 
I love anti-stammel gas because it's just so like on that one Batman movie where they had a shark repellent just yes. sort of randomly in the uh, <laughs> in the in the they're utility like belt. They're flying above a helicopter and they're like uh, trying to kick it off, and uh, then they just spray the shark repellent. Well, but like also just in the Adam in an Adam West Batman movie, like they were getting attacked by sharks, and it's just like, oh yeah, like I got shark repellent, like whatever. Yes. <laughs> I just happen to have the perfect thing, you know. <laughs> Exactly. But so uh, the dismounted raiders come after Rogue with knives and swords and stuff, and he's able to take them out in hand-to-hand combat reasonably well. Rogue says that everything is fine, but in his mind, he lets us know that the protein base of Bagman's biochip is breaking down. It should be self-repairing, but if it isn't, it'd mean that Bagman's chip could wipe at any time, possibly when Rogue needs bad Bagman the most. Plus, he loses his friend. It's not so yeah. great. You know, you count on your friends, and sometimes, you know, he could die when he needs more stamel gas, buddy. You don't want to be in that situation. I never <laughs> want to be without my stamel gas. Yeah. That's a fact. So, <laughs> so that story was in Prague 262, and then Rogue took some time off, came back in Prague 265 with Jeez. the artist as uh, Cam Kennedy, who I like a lot. We last saw him working on the VCs in episode 51, so he's been out VCs. for like 30, pro- 30 episodes. Yeah. So, uh, totally, yeah. Kennedy's gonna do a lot of stuff here in Rogue Trooper until he eventually moves to Dread in like the mid, into like the mid to late eighties or so. But here we get this story also features some of Rogue Trooper, some of my favorite Rogue Trooper supporting characters, Mister Bland and Brass, a pair. So great. Totally, yeah. They're just a pair of of, uh, body looting black marketeers. They speak very superciliously, like one sort of fat and short, one's tall and thin. They have these like kind of dome helmets that we wear hats on top of, and they're all about (laughs) those credits. (laughs) That's sweet bowler domes. Love it, man. They we we see them picking through a destroyed Souther convoy. They see a GI rifle buried in the sand, which is super expensive. They really want to get it, but they can't pull it out uh, even with robot assistance. And before so they much can, so the robot like short circuits and explodes. Totally. Before they can go further, the alarm sounds. There's military craft co- uh, coming. The looters hide in like a because their ship can like burrow into the sand or so something. Fucking it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, it turns out that it's a bunch of Norts, and uh, Rogue reveals himself as being buried under the sand, just sort of playing possum while the uh, looters try to grab his stuff. <laughs> and then he kills like. Six Norts and destroys other vehicles and stuff. It's really, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's awesome because after the fight, the looters reappear and they have like these like pennants and flags because they assume the Norts ones. They're like, "Go Norts, woo!" But then <laughs> and they're like, "Oh shit, they we see, need the other flags." When they see Rogue One, they just swap out all their flags and stuff. It's pretty great. Um, Rogue's going on his way though he doesn't care about these looters but they see him and they know that basically if he dies like his all his gear even like his body and stuff is just a huge a huge treasure trove like he, they see him just becomes a walking dollar sign literally yeah. in the pages so weird so they decide we'll follow this guy along and just you know whatever if he happens to catch a stray bullet and we can make money off of that then so much the better Oh, hooray. It will be filthy rich from just one corpse. Yeah. So next up, a report goes out across Souther Airwaves. The Dixie Front, that's D-I-X-I, has been quiet for a whole year. So Millicom is announcing a general amnesty. 
Like, if you're a deserter, come on in and you'll be pardoned. Hooray! Let's go have a party in uh, New Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, Rogue's interest is piqued because he figures if he can get pardoned for deserting, then he can really begin his hunt for the traitor general in earnest. Mm. Over the fearful objections of Bagman, Rogue and the chips head in. He strolls through a uh, checkpoint and is taken into the domed city of New Atlanta to be decontaminated, where he meets the chem nurse, Sister Sledge, a dame. Ooh, yeah, oh man, she sounds cute. I'm a, I'm a microchip. Hey man, you know, I mean, here here in New Earth, you know, they got stammels, they got guns, but you know what they don't got? They don't have fun, because there's nothing like a Dame Fox. Nothing um, like, wow, also lot Space of, Babes. A lot of songs this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rogue begins the, the decontamination process, but through a window he sees a medic pouring something into the Dixie oxygen supply. He's a filth columnist! Which, uh... <laughs> I like it. Fit, filth columnist is a play on words from fifth columnist, which is like a term for, you know, like a, a traitor in your ranks or whatever mm. from the Spanish Civil War. Um, Rogue runs to stop the saboteur and goes to raise the alarm. He knows something big is happening in Dixie. Meanwhile, a Nort co- uh, command ship, we see that this is true, and soon all of Dixie will be overrun. Oh, man. This next, ain't great. Next time. Have a nice death. <laughs> oh, it was so genteel. Well, you know, I kind of imagine that, you know, even if they aren't really going crazy with it, that uh, Dixie has kind of a southern accent, you know? Of course. It's funny because when they say northers and southers, I sort of assume that it is um, civil, you know, American Civil War based. But, you know, since the Norts are so obviously like like uh, Nazis and stuff, like, I guess, I guess that just makes all the South all of America, you know, or something like that along those lines. And what, I, I mean, I'd love a general map of, like, what this planet is divided into, but... Yeah, planetary map of New, of New Earth sounds like something that's interesting and something we, we, we might not get for a little while, I gotta say. Episode 82. Progs 267 to 270. June 1982. Thrill 2. Rogue Trooper. There's a lot of just shooting them in this. That's true. Script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Colin Wilson, lettering robot Bill Nuttall. So, oh man, this gets this gets weird with the medic lady. Yeah. All the uh, all the things that happen in this. So new Atlanta. So this is really the first big like rogue epic, I'd say. The like big continuing story of Rogue Trooper. You know, mm, like yes. I mean, even the other ones we've had have just sort of been like two or three parters and this is one's like a a a big multi-parter so new atlanta is being sabotaged by filth columnists um our new our new friend's sister sledge suits up as rogue heads out to survey the damage and then after a quick fake out as another lady dies um we see bubble dome starting to blow up all over the place rogue and the sister manage to gun down a few more fifth columnists filth columnists i should say as others <laughs> shoot escaping southers um the fighting's pretty tense and we see rogue and the sister go to like the, try to go to the local broadcasting studio to try to raise the alarm and they find everybody yeah. in there was gassed to death as well it's like, not great for everybody in Dixieland. I mean, there's definitely a lot of death and destruction, but, you know, all this sabotage is pointless without a ground assault, right? I mean, where are the real Norts? And the answer is, they're bearing down on us from the black hole slash warp gate that dominates the sky of New Earth. The drop on then, Dixie has begun. And then the coolest things 
since uh, totally. yeah, Mach ones a- like uh, uh, what is it the the not frog troopers whatever Sun Legion. They're, yeah, they're this is very invasion. Like, I feel like 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 very like how Jerry Finley Day also had these kinds of tro- kind of specialized Vulgan troops in the pages yeah. of Invasion. We're starting to get them in uh, in. Rogue Trooper as well. So yeah, the first wave of Norton Vaders is the Sun Legion's space-launched hang glider troops. Fuck yes. As they rain down, the, they, the Southers have lost their air defenses, but Rogue is undeterred. He starts shooting them out, out of the sky, but even then there's too many of them. Um, so instead, he has the uh, Southers start blowing up fuel supplies and ammo dumps. The hot air messing up with the thermals in the air, causing these Sun Legion guys to sort of be blown off course or just be easily shot or like burned to death in midair. You yeah. know? <laughs> just because like if they if they decide to chance it and land, it's just a burning inferno yeah. waiting for them. It's great. Yeah, the Southers burn the ruins of their city. Managed to throw off the sun, the sun legionnaires. That waves as fails, but the Norts have other tricks up their sleeves as platoons of foot troops <laughs> in watertight bubbles begin to assault the beaches. Like, it's if you have you seen two, uh, two men per weird capsule? Have you seen uh, like the uh, the Uma Thurman uh, Avengers movie, Fox? Like, not the Marvel one, but the one that's based on like the British TV show. Uh, vaguely remember it. There's from a my part childhood. in there, there's a part in that where they like walk into a base across the water in these like waterproof like uh, plastic balls, and this is very similar to that. It seems like. Oh, that's real great. Yeah, from the sea <laughs> come North Sea infantry and these inflatable bubble things. Oh, they're squashing dudes to death on the shores and threatening yes. the Souther line. <laughs> Bob squashed oh. to death. It's it's exactly the balls deflating, squashing the life out of me. Squashed. Rogue borrows a bunch of seal bursters and then leaving Helm behind Helm and Bagman behind, he goes hunting beach ball troops. The only way to destroy the balls underwater is to get right up close to them and blow them away from point blank range, Fox. Yeah, and of course, like, I guess he can just breathe under toxic water. Yeah, he can, you know, he can, like, hold his breath and not be damaged by the, like, lethal chemicals in the water there. Man, he's genetically engineered. He's a GI. That's fair. But then, of course, now he's come up for air. And he's getting flanked. But he manages to... Some Southers show up to provide covering fire. But then those guys are in turn killed by other covering fire. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. It's just all these people dying. What can we do? Dying and counter-dying. Just just go back to shore and and get back with your medic lady what you found. Rogue meets back up with Sister Sledge. They get a message from the Souther battle computer. The eastern flank of Dixie is all rolled up. Head west, young man, to safety. So let's head out. What? I didn't get that. Like, why Why, young man? That's like yeah. a saying that's like... I forget what it, I forget the context of. There's something that's like sort of some guy asked for it to do, and the answer was like, "Go west, young man." It's part of like Manifest Destiny for, um, ah, okay. like, you know, American settlers and stuff. Like it was like a big newspaper headline or something like that. I want to say you're not even kidding. That is an actual thing. It's a yeah. phrase often credited to the American author and newspaper editor Horace uh, Greeley. Oh, hey, look at Conrad knowing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but so <laughs> it's pretty the, fair. 
The Souther survivors of the Dixie Front are moving out, but a few pockets of resistance are now under attack by sight gas. Oh, they're coming under effect of the Dreamweaver. The gas is appearing as like various kinds of dancing things. There's old-fashioned hoedowns. There's new wave funky dancing, which I think is really funny because the uh, everybody's talking about the different kinds of dancing. And they're like, we got funky dancing! You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically everybody sees like hot chicks dancing in this gas. And they're like, oh, well, I'll take off my protective gas masks and dance along with them and instantly die. You know? I, I mean, really, it should just be called sexy gas. It's true. So, yeah, everybody demasks and dies and stuff outside of a memphiz with the two F-I-Z-Z. Oh, yeah. There are these geysers that allow humans to breathe without uh, gas masks on them, just the air from the, from the uh, gas geysers. And that's where we catch up humans with Rogue like and Sister Sledge. All the stuff. You know, just yeah. like... These, they establish things and then they immediately find ways to contradict it. That's how you do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then also like, ah, oh, crap, we got people coming in on us. I guess we'd better randomly disrobe. Yeah, they just, you know, yeah. So they're like resting and Sledge is uh, demasked. They hear a Nort patrol coming and they strip down and start like waltzing in the gas, basically. And um, in the, the nutty, the Nort, the the Nort troops think that maybe they're just seeing some like minor residual hallucinations as an effects of the dream weaver uh, gas you know that might still be in the air because they've they've demasked as well so uh uh rogue and sister sledge head out with the chips arguing over whether they should trust or stick around with this new lady team members uh next time synth it again sam Man, uh, Gunner is real distrustful of the lady types. Yeah, but Helm really likes the ladies way too much. <laughs> and then Bagman's like, oh, geez, what if she finds out that I'm a broken chip? That would be real embarrassing. <laughs> oh, man, it's like they're three different people. You know, they're the original, they're the original odd couple, except there's four people involved. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Rogue. Rogue's kind of a he's kind of a blank canvas IMO. I mean that's true, you know. Everybody else is defined by clothing and Rogue's just defined by the fact that he doesn't like authority or whatever. <laughs> that he really wants to kill one specific person or a, a group of people who may or may not have had some yeah. uh, hand in, in what what's going on. Episode eighty four. Progs 271 to 275, July 1982. Thrill 2, Rogue Trooper. God, I have so much to say about this. <laughs> so first like, off, was script robot Jerry Findlay Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, and Brett Ewan's letting robot Bill Nuttall. Okay, go ahead. This dude who's like leading these cadets is a real dick, and I yeah. feel like he got his whatever. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the all hell on the Dixie Front story continues at South Point Military Academy, where the colonel in charge has the cadets form up in their chem suits, starts up the the synth band, and has them march against the North and the Nort invaders, playing such instruments as a uh, thing that looks like a fish, and also 
Uh, keytar, kind of. They're all sort of variations on a keytar because they're modern synth instruments, I guess. I guess. Rogue and Sister Sledge arrive to find the Souther cadets marching forwards in perfect formation against a Nort armored legion. Not just an armored legion. It's like dream. Sorry. Dream weavers. And like uh, every other. Yeah. Uh, it's all the weapons we've seen we've so far. Against. Definitely. Yeah. Like just marching straight into death. Yeah. The. Uh, the missiles fall around them as their crazed commanders forces them forward. It seems like there's nothing uh, Rogue and, the, and Sledge can do to save them, but suddenly Rogue has an idea. Um, as the missiles fall, Rogue scatters his equipment around the chem clouds and changes their synths to transmit synth sound, calling for recall. Which, you know, honestly... Pretty smart. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if you're good. communicating by sound as opposed to any other technological advancement that might have happened when yeah. you're on a different planet <laughs> with super genetically engineered soldiers. But, you know, I'm splitting hairs, I guess. That's what they're trained to listen for is the different songs that gets played, you know? <laughs> uh, the I cadet. I want to be in that army. It is. That's what it is. I know. I just... You know, if, if it's like someone's every... playing like Rock the Casbah, and that means get the fuck out of there, like that's the kind of shit I, that's the army I want to be in, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, I feel like that's every army until like the 20th century, honestly. Maybe not Rock the Casbah, but like, you know, using, <laughs> se- you know, musical tones to call for different actions and stuff. Absolutely correct. You, I mean, a, a lot of drums, of course, but also other things. Um, yeah. So the cadets retreat, and all that's left is the colonel to face the the oncoming Norts. They, but they, though they also face Rogue, who grabs the fallen colonel's laser sword and makes quick work of the enemy troops. Not a lightsaber. It's a laser sword. No, it's different, right? Um, Rogue recovers his gear, <laughs> and when he returns to get Bagman, who he left with with Sister Sledge and sounded assembly, so all the mm. troops should, should gather there. He finds all the cadets he tried to save are all dead in a big pile. Oh, God, I'm medic lady, and they all died because uh, there was a shockwave that fucked them up, right? In their suits. Yeah, it's real bad. Bagman says that she killed them all. But, of course, you're going to second-guess that shit because, I mean, his chip was all fucked up and he definitely wouldn't tell you the truth when shit was on the line. Next, you'll be calling me a Norch. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> so, next, uh, Brett... 100% you- thinking me? Yeah, so I guess we're just going to sort of leave that behind, I guess, and move on to the next thing. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> being worried about Sister Sledge... True. Being like a traitor, maybe. Yeah. So next up, uh, Brett Ewins takes over art duties in 272. Who's a, I loved the change, by the way. Yeah, Ewins is a... I mean, I, I like Cam Kennedy a lot also, but uh, mm-hmm. Brett, Brett Ewins is a real is a real classic. Is one of the... Or, I mean, I guess both him and, and Kennedy both are, are classic um, rogue trooper artists, and so it's cool to see. You know, he's done one or two things before, but this is his chance to really kind of do some crazy stuff with the Dixie front here. Well, you get a lot of definition with the face. And oh a yeah, lot more darker shading and it's yeah. Brett cool. Ewins is all about these sharp lines and um and and dark and dark shading. I think it's ma- it makes his style look really distinctive. Yeah. Uh, so this is as a rogue and sister sledge have moved on to the Oxarks, a mountain range above the chem clouds. 
the people there they, they run to people there who demand that rogue leaves leaves his weapon behind his weapons behind because they are peaceful folk uh they do in fact also like the uh, the townsfolk here have a very bad company kind of look which won't make sense to fox but might make sense to 2080 fans it'll make sense to you in like what? 200 progs fox um <laughs> that's a lot of what do you what don't worry about it their town is called freedom and while rogue respects their pacifism he doubts the north will do the same he checks on Sledge, who's checking her chem bag, and goes to sleep only to be greeted in the morning by the sound of Nort Hoppers. Which I guess are like... Yeah, they're like... Transports? Yeah, they're like ornithopters or something. They land on Freedom and start muscling people around looking for Rogue, and they Man, even... they crush a dude's throat. They the leader of the towns. Them. Yeah, they, they kill the leader of the town just crushing his throat in their hands. To prevent future bloodshed, Rogue gives himself up. So, Rogue surrenders to the Norts, and they call for food to celebrate, but the villagers instead bring Gunner out, who mm. goes on full auto-fire, takes out a bunch of Nort troops, while the Rogue and the townsfolk take care of the rest, including uh, choking the leader of the Norts the same way he choked the leader of Freedom, Rogue doing it with his, like, handcuff things. Mm. Um, the people have had a change of heart about not fighting, but Nord reinforcements are on their way. Uh, Rogue has the people dress in Nort chem suits and then gives them items four, five, and six from Bagman. <laughs> the incoming Norts raise the village, but when they attack on foot, they get hit by gas grenades that take their unmasked lives. So, I mean, I guess we'll get to the end of this before I make some comments, because there's a lot of things I have a problem. Yeah. The Oxarts just... The Oxarchers decide to stay behind to continue a guerrilla campaign against the Norts, and Rogan's sister Sledge begin the final leg of their journey as they're about to reach the coastline of the Western Sea. So, like, you put a differently colored skin man in chains fighting for the South. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, like, I don't know when, uh, oh god, what's the, uh, What's the the episode thing I'm thinking? It's Kuto Kinte and uh, Roots. As yeah, Roots. Like I don't think that came out in the '80s, man. Yeah, it did. Like really? Yeah. Like around this same time, Roots was out. Oh, you're making me look at things on the internet, Fox. Um... I mean, we don't. I you can do that. I'm just saying, like, there's some intense parallels here where it's like I I mean, it's good storytelling. Let's mm -hmm. put it this way, where it's, uh, you know, you make these people who are different than you be the people that you send to the front lines to do things, end up getting, like, ridiculously massacred in something that's parallel to uh, the North versus the South. Like, mm -hmm. this was the first time for me that Rogue Trooper actually kind of hit a little bit home. Huh. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's a lot of parallels here to the actual... Um, uh, North versus South conflict in the United States. Interesting. Yeah, um, I don't. It's I'd be other interested. than the fact that a woman is maybe uh, working for the Norths. <laughs> so yeah, the Roots TV miniseries was 1977, so that was definitely out by now. I think it's holy shit. I think it's interesting to think about sort of how much of the Civil War of the American Civil War it really impacts Rogue. I mean, you know, Jerry Finley Day is not American, you know. 
No, um, but they do talk. Uh, but I guess it makes sense in like before. Yeah, and I guess it does make sense in the course of like um in this of of uh, Dixie of having have sort of southern mm-hmm. stuff. Mostly, it's just been place locations. I think it's an interesting sort of thing to think about how this could relate to you know views of that conflict in other parts of the world and stuff like that. I think that's definitely worth thinking about. Yeah. No, it was just sort of an interesting thing before we hit the last yeah. uh, of these. So please, <laughs> totally. Rogue and Sledge have made the cross have made the coastline where ships are picking up Southers escaping the assault on Dixie. Uh, some troops are staying behind as their suits are about to give out, and it's just a desperate like rear guard action as, as more and more people try to escape. Mm-hmm. As our team uh, gets um, get to the boats, Rogue gets an alert that Nort MCVs are inbound, and they'll blow all these ships to pieces. So Rogue has Gotta Sledge. Get Sledge on that fucking boat, yes. bro. Rogue has Sledge put aboard a ship so she can escape, and then heads out to stop the MCVs. Uh, he and the the remaining troops manage to take them down, but not before one gets a shot off, destroying one of the ships in a pretty heartbreaking manner. As like one of the kids aboard the ship is like being held by by their uh, parent, and they kind of or by their dad, I guess they look up and they Dude. say, "Ooh, pretty lights!" And then they just kaboom, explode. It's it's pretty fucked. <laughs> but it's- as we know, kids generally get killed in this comic. <laughs> Not a lot of surviving kids in 2000 AD, it's true. <laughs> um, More fatties once we get to the end of this thing. Well, ho- you don't get ahead of ourselves here. Um, <laughs> Rogue's kind of bummed, but then it seems like Sledge actually didn't get on the boat, so now it's just the two of them stuck on the beach as the Nort forces close in. But Sledge isn't worried as long as Rogue's there's to as long as Rogue is there too. Woo! Next time. IMO seems pretty weird that uh, this dude risked his life to put you on a safety boat, and then you're all like, oh, I'm not going to go on a safety boat. I'm safer where you are. Sorry, I and said, I, I said, oh. woo, and I meant to, and I meant to say, woo. Oh, like a questioning woo. <laughs> no, like a, like a, ooh, I'm implying things on a sitcom woo. Oh. Gonna uh, get, gonna get, see if rogues blew all over. Whoa, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyhow, next time, writing love letters in the sand? Episode 85, progs 276 to 279, August 1982. Thrill to Rogue Trooper. Uh, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Colin Wilson, letting robot Bill Nuttall. So back at the beach, uh, we're still trying to figure out how to get the F out of here. Yeah, Rogue and Sister Sledge are stuck on this beach on the far end of Dixie with nowhere to go. The chips are getting nervous, and they don't want to hang out with Sledge that much if it means that, like, Rogue sacrificing himself. They don't kill yourself for some dame, Rogue. Yeah, man, you're four men in one, not just one man. Yeah, you weren't on your own with this. Uh, luckily, Rogue finds a life raft and has Sledge stand guard with Gunner while he gets it all ready, and then just kind of reminisces about this whole storyline. You know, we get a nice, just sort of, you know, remembering the good times and the fighting times and stuff like there's that. There's a there's a lot of that in this comic of just like last time on Dragon Ball Z crap. I mean, that's you know that that makes sense, honestly. Like you know, this comic comes out every week. And mm. while we get them all, I think it's honestly a pre- it's for just from letters and stuff. It seems like there's pretty clearly like you know a ki- it's it's you, you kids are often not like getting every week of 2000 AD. 
you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, and it's expensive. Yeah. And they're jumping in and jumping off and stuff like that. So you kind of have to keep these recaps to, um, so, 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 so you, you, you definitely have to have a big recap at the start of every comic just to give people a setting. But then also at the end of storylines, they also want to kind of do like just a, a, a sum up of the storyline so that you can sort of be like, you know, oh, like I, I remember this part or, oh, I missed that part. I should, I should tr- tr- try to find it somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to me, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's still. I, I, I'm sure it's there for a reason. Yeah, and I mean, this is a tw- like a twelve um, issue thing. We've been doing the Dixie Front for a while. It's the longest, mm. de- definitely the longest Rogue Trooper story we've we've, oh, we've had so far. So. Aboard the boat, Rogue tries to celebrate, but suddenly gets sick. He's been paralyzed! Oh, no, man! There's only one thing we know that does that, but he's in the ocean, not the Arctic. Yeah, but it looks like Sister Sledge has been a Nort agent this entire time, and has been secretly trying out toxins on Rogue to see which one paralyzes him, and now she's figured out the right one! Oh uh, my god, all the... All the chips were right. Yeah, or at least Bagman was. She's called in uh, backup to pick her up and presumably kill Rogue. All it took was the gentle touch. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sister Sledge is a traitor. She explains she's been betraying Rogue the whole time, including killing all those cadets. And how um, she, when Rogue gave gave her gunner to stand guard while he got the boat ready, he like she like unloaded him. So that he can't auto fire and shoot her in the she's face. She's doing the classic bad guy mistake, which is monologue. One hundred percent, one hundred percent super monologuing here. As she does so, uh, Bagman seems to have uh, descended into some sort of a uh, insane laughing fit. I guess. Yeah, he's just being crazy. Yeah, but it turns out that this was all a ruse because as she walks by him, one of the little tiny robot arms inside Bagman reaches out, grabs her ankle, and trips her, and she falls into the scum sea. He's like, gentle touch. That's a good one. (laughs) Gentle touch. Yeah, you tripped and now you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) She falls into the water where her chem suit quickly dissolves and she drowns slash just perishes horribly you know she's like ah rogue help me and all the chips are like rogue can't help you you paralyzed him remember and bagman gets the bagman gets the final thing we're like maybe i could help you but frankly i don't give a damn which is pretty good i don't (laughs) synth the damn man that's great Oh, synth the damn that's right (laughs) it's got his own little like thing and i'm like oh shit it's like that one quote from gone with the wind that's right uh, so the next day, Rogue has recovered and shoots down the plane that was coming to, re- to uh, pick up uh, Sister Sledge. The Dixie front is lost, but Rogue still has some designs there to spoil the celebrations of a Nort victory. It's time for an assassination run! Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Sometimes so, you just gotta assassin. Always, always times you gotta have assassin, if you ask me. <laughs> So let's check in on uh, Brass and Bland, the uh, scavengers oh. and war profiteers with the excellent hats outside their their suits. <laughs> yeah, they're bowler helmets. I love these guys. Um, we met them previously. They're salvaging what they can from the battlefront of, the Dixie, of uh, Dixie when they receive a report of Rogue being sighted in the western coastline near the city of New Nuremberg, where the victory celebrations for the Dixie campaign are being held. We also find out that the both of them came from different sides of the war. One of them's a Souther yeah. and one of them's a North. And they both can like uh 
continue to have like tech secrets that allow them to successfully uh, salvage things and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, man, they're putting stuff aside to uh, make money off of uh, human bloodshed misery. It's good times. <laughs> I mean, everybody else is, so why not them? That's true. Um, so the nor so it, it, it's it, it looks like Nords uh, traditionally dip the ends of their like banners in like a river before big celebrations and stuff. And seems a bit weird, but yeah, yeah all right. I'm pretty sure this is based on something that like a German troops do or something in real life, you know. Mm. Um, so while they do this, uh, Rogue comes out of the water and k- takes one and kills one dude and then implements the oldest trick in the book officially, which is, of course, to put on um, the uniform of an enemy and then infiltrate that way. And apparently inside of Bagman is a rubber mask. A ugly human mask that you can put on and be like, I'm a Nord, uh, I'm ugly. Uh, this definitely isn't racist and doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. It really does kind of look like um, like a World War II like anti-Nazi propaganda poster or something like that. It's real fucking like, all right. Like if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted a poster that had the t- subtitle of like Kill the Dirty Hun or something like that, it'd definitely be this. Oh, my this God. Mask. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm German. I'm claiming it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so Rogue makes his way into the stadium, clearly with revenge on his mind. Meanwhile, Brass and Bland have money on their minds, and they prepare to sell Rogue out to the Norts. We also get uh, like a hit list style Tarantino-esque, here are the four guys that yeah, he's yeah. going to try and kill. Yeah, it's the start of the celebration. Yes, we see like uh, it's the Marshal of the Scum Marines, the Commandant of the Sun Legion, the General of the Army, the Admiral of the Navy, who all stand this big glass pillar with artificial atmosphere in it to, to take their masks off and receive like, you know, medals or special commendations or whatever. Man, the Sun Legion dude. He's got the best job because the Sun Legion's pretty cool. That's right. Crazy para, uh, uh, paraglider troops. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Rogue, meanwhile, has in, has entered the area and in his, he's, he's carrying a standard where he's hidden Gunner, who's gonna like be, um, you know, up high up and like take these guys down, basically. Um, as this is happening, Brass and Bland try to sell that info to um nort high command but nort high command is not interested in the information from a bunch of scavengers they're quite confident in the security of this uh event you know yeah exactly they're like oh we're alerted but you know you also alerted us to you we're gonna take you out that's right be on notice <laughs> <laughs> it's a very judge dread-esque response definitely well, because they aren't even, like, although they aren't even, like, saying, like, thank you for the help. They're saying, like, yeah, we know. Whatever. We're fine. Also, also you're under arrest. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. So, uh, Bagman, so, uh, sorry, so Gunner fires but hits a uh, high-velocity energy shield that stops his bullets and then also sends a, a silent alarm causing Nord <laughs> Millifuzz to sweep the area. Oh, man. How are you going to deal with this problem? Man. I guess affix a rocket launcher to your gun. Basically, well, it, what happens is, uh, desperate for revenge, yeah, Rogue grabs a detonator from Bagman, which is item 69. Nice. And he, <laughs> he attaches it to a seal. Penetration. A, oh, yeah. He attaches it to a seal burster, like, bullet, which basically turns it into a grenade, and then throws it onto the podium, and it's slow enough that it doesn't activate the shield, because it's like a high-velocity shield or whatever. 
Um, so it, uh, like cracks this dome thing and, um, exposes the, Folks inside to the deadly atmosphere of New Earth. Uh, the Commandant and the Marshal both die, but the General and the Admiral are able to get their masks up in time. Not um, great. With half his targets killed, Rogue escapes in the turmoil, both from the Norts and the Scavengers. And it's finally time to concentrate on their real mission, taking out the Traitor General and getting revenge. Oh hell yeah. Matt Talon style. Dude, this is, uh, it's getting good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like... Sister Sledge was definitely someone that I felt like partway through you start to really get the feeling like, ah, oh, she's not cool because the chips are like, she's not cool. But mm-hmm. how she's not cool is at least cool. Yeah, and I like also, the re- she melted in a sea. Definitely. The um the art of how Sister Sledge dies and stuff is really amazing. Um, oh, it's fucking great. <laughs> like, it's it just, it just super brutal of like showing her like uh falling beneath the waves and like cursing rogue's name and stuff she looks super like like the uh the emotion on her face and stuff is actually really awesome of just really giving you a sense of like ah like she's pretended to be nice but she was actually been super evil this whole time oh no you know that's what you get for falling for a chick with farrah fawcett hair sometimes she's just gonna Poison you and then give you up to her command structure because she's a filth columnist. I mean that she is a filth a filth columnist that can't be um, forgotten. But you know, <laughs> I mean, if you say no to every lady with fair faucet hair in 1982, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're just there's not going to be a lot of ladies left. You know, <laughs> fair. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Anyhow, next time on Rogue Trooper, it's hats off to Helm. Oh, cool. That's cute. Episode 86. Progs 280 to 283. September 1982. Thrill 2. Rogue Trooper. Man, we get some, uh, we get some helmet depth. Yeah, man. So script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, letting robot Bill Nuttall. Um, yes, we start with action. Rogues dives under some rocks to hide from Nort aircraft, but Helm comes loose. Oh, man, he never gets off that guy's head. It's true. Yeah, uh, Rogue is forced to shoot Helm under a rock to uh, avoid some uh, Nort detection. And then it turns out that Helm's chin strap has been eaten away by chem clouds, making him not fit right, which is Damn. apparently Helm's fault somehow. I don't know. Helm feels yeah. he says very, very apologetic about it. Um, and everyone just, like, heckles him for it. I'm like, you mean, like normal wear and tear when you're How's he running g- through a combat zone? How is he supposed to change his strap? He's not like Bagman <laughs> that has arms, man. He's just a hat. Yeah, dude. He's literally a talking hat. He's got <laughs> sensors. That's about it. Yeah. Ahead, the Norths have dropped pillboxes, which I think are these pretty cool uh, yes. robotic sentry guns that Correct. just cover a whole area and shoot miniguns at, at, at anything that moves, basically. And then it's like really one like after it. another and stuff. They're really cool. Mm. So how they, do you take him out, Conrad? Well, they have a uh, rogue pinned down. He managed to take one out with a grenade, but when he tries to take another one out, it turns out that these pillboxes also have arms to <laughs> throw grenades back at people who throw grenades into them, which I think is a, a pretty smart way to deal with that kind of thing. Man, and that's an 88, what the Nords hate or something. Mm-hmm. It's going to um, be a pretty big explosive. Yeah. So, with the grenade tossed back, um, Rogue will be killed by his own grenade unless he sacrifices Helm by covering the grenade with the helmet, which will probably destroy, like, his biochip and blah, blah, blah. 
And here's Helm saying, like, put me on it, man. Yeah, Throw use, me on that grenade. Use me, rogue. Which I feel weird whenever, whenever, whenever these guys say <laughs> that, honestly. They say it a fair amount. It's bothersome. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Like I, it, it, I, I guess it makes sense, and I guess it would make sense that a, a GI would be able to understand this. But I feel weird about how readily these GIs have accepted just being objects. You know, gives gives a whole new meaning to him uh, putting his entire hand inside of Gunner. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So in the end, <laughs> uh, Rogue gives in to Helm's demand and covers the grenade with the headgear. But it turns out the grenade is a dud. Why? So this is where I'd be like Bagman, and he'd be like, "No, yeah, looks like looks like two biochips are screwing up this week." (laughs) I know. Come on, guys. But the confusion allows Rogue to attack to a to basically grapple with one of the sentry guns, mess with its circuit, and make it turn on the other guns, which allows Rogue to escape. He then repairs Helm's chin strap just in time for Helm to deflect headshots from a pair of Nort ambushers. Oh, man. He's a double hero. He's pretty stoked. (laughs) And so, looks like now Rogue has a big head on top of his head. Oh, (laughs) yes. Anyhow, oh, new man. story, oh, Fox. <laughs> yeah, always it's always the right time, you know. We got so much regular story stuff. We're cutting back on our on all the future shocks and stuff. We got to get these air horns where we uh, where we can. That's pretty fair. <laughs> so, new story: a long crashed Nord War satellite serves as a base for a group called the Marauders, led by a mysterious leader. Mm. Uh, Meanwhile, Rogue is on the move, but finds his way into a Nort camp where he's caught in a man trap, and the alarm is raised. It's a pretty lo- cool trap. It's an arm that attaches to your foot. Totally, and then just starts screaming, screaming like hell. Um, things look bad, but then, um, as, especially when a squadron of Nort hoppers appears in the sky, but then the hoppers turn out to not be Norts. It's the Marauders! Oh, heck, and they're, it's a mixed bag of Norts and Southers. Yeah, they're fighting together, they're taking down the Norts, looting the place, and they free Rogue. Uh, Rogue asks if they know who the traitor general might be, and while they don't, like they they bet their chief might. I, I I actually the guys are pretty warm in reception to the GI man. They're like, yeah, hey, you're pretty cool, dude, and let's help you out. And why don't you come back with us? Like, yeah, not in that like sending creepy vibes. Like maybe these are bad dudes. No, it's like, hey man, come yeah, come chill with us. Because I think they sort of recognize a kindred spirit in Rogue, who's also sort of turned his back from Millicom and the centralized parts of um of a uh, South or the, the, the South military. You know, he's kind of out for himself too. He, these the Marauders have also, you know, gone rogue. Any- oh, <laughs> bam, bam, bam. oh man, now you're getting greedy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get greedy. I like air horns. <laughs> So, Rogue shows the Marauders some pictures of possible Souther generals who could be the traitor, and he agrees to fly back to the base, where we see the leader of the Marauders. He's all scarred up and stuff, but in his inner monologue, he lets us know that he is the traitor general! Man, like, kind of feel lit down out of that one. It's just like, it just screams it like, I'm a weird looking dude and I'm the traitor! Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, well, we're, you know, it's good to get to the next part of this and not have to be in full, like, suspense. Plus, it gives us sort of some Columbo-style dramatic irony here, at least for one, um, Prague. Um, 
So, Rogue heads to the Marauder base and hopes to find the traitor. Um, the traitor, meanwhile, remembers his backstory. Basically, both he and Rogue escaped the Buzzard 3. Uh, but when he did, the heat shields on his pod malfunctioned, as opposed to all the other pods whose heat shields he sabotaged. <laughs> womp womp. That left him... Um, to be bur- the uh, burnt and scarred up mess we currently see. Although I'll mention, Fox, it's not clear how this jives with the fact that he was unscarred and looking normal while working for the Norts during that uh, Glasshouse G caper a couple huh. months ago. So hopefully that'll be resolved. You know, who knows? <laughs> Anyhow... Yeah, so Rogue goes to talk to the General with Helms scanning the area, scanning the area and declaring it's safe. But oh no, from beyond a kilometer out, it's Morgan, the deadliest of the Nort snipers, complete with the black dome helmet of a thousand seal bursts. I loved that, like, added addition. The reason that he's in this black dome head case. Super deadly. Yeah, he draws down on Rogue. Um, he's and he's working for the for the leader of the Marauders because he's the traitor general, and now he's gonna kill Rogue. Oh my God! What is gonna happen next time on Rogue Trooper? Uh, Morg or, or Morgan Marauders mayhem. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty good. This Marauder storyline is going to be fun, and I really love um, the confrontation between the Traitor General and Rogue, and getting this part of the story really going, you know? My favorite part was when he punched a turret and then made it shoot all of its turret buddies. That was really awesome, too. <laughs> turn. Those <laughs> turrets just turn against each other real quick. So it's like, oh, I'm a turret. I'm going to take down the outsiders to be like, oh, all the other turrets are outsiders. I'm going to destroy them, too. <laughs> I'm getting into Rogue. There's a lot more blowing things up that's going on right now. Yeah, the action's rant ratcheting up a little bit and i think we talked about this with dixie too but i think rogue does better in like longer form stories like multi-issue stories than one-offs i'd say yeah i agree just because there's yeah good i was gonna say like there's no he doesn't have the glee of bill savage right he's exactly manhunt so it's like well just make it about that you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that as opposed to Savage, who, you know, in Invasion, where you could sort of back up the fact that sort of a problem is presented and then immediately solved by the fact that it's solved by, like, <laughs> gleeful ultraviolence, you know? Um, or just a shotgun. Well, that's what I mean. But, like, you know, since Rogue's maybe a little bit more down to earth, or, so, like, in terms of the level of violence that he puts out as comparison, as a compared to Bill Savage, almost. Exactly. <laughs> like, it just makes it seem like it's not that big a deal because he's able to solve it fast you know it's sort of um less Im- it, it just makes this threat seem less impressive as opposed to savage who solves things quickly and that makes him seem more impressive i guess yeah absolutely he's a super soldier he's gonna kill dudes yeah totally episode 88 progs 284 to 288 october 1982 thrill for rogue trooper Man, some cool developments this time around, and yeah. some interesting character development. Totally. Uh, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robots Cam Kennedy and Colin Wilson, letting robot Bill Nuttall. So, Rogue Trooper is at the mercy of the Trader General at the Marauder base. Gunner has been taken by Morgan, the black-visored expert Nort sniper, and Rogue is taken away as the Trader General begins his monologue. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I, I guess like biochips can't just revolt in some way. Like they won't. I don't know. Like well, Bagman can't stop himself from being opened. I mean, Helms. Yeah. Much I mean, like, whatever. like, like, but Bagman's got those servo arms, but I feel like he can't do that much to stop people from just reaching into him and stuff. That's um, fair. In his monologue, the Trader General explains how, you know, he was the commandant of Glasshouse G, which Rogue destroyed. Um, this discredited him in the eyes of Nort High Command, and he was passed over for a role in the Dixie Offensive. In response, he killed a Nort Marshal and led a bunch of freed POWs to hide in this crashed satellite where they run the Marauders. Which, hey, all right then. Yeah, monologue complete, Rogue tries to uh, break free, but the general was actually waiting for him for when his speech ended, <laughs> and he hits in, Rogue in with a stun shot. that you rarely ever see after a monologue. It's true, he knows that because he's monologuing, Rogue will now try to break free, so he sort of takes advantage of that uh, fact. <laughs> Smart villain. Rogue's gear is spread out among the Marauders, and Rogue himself is strapped spread eagle to what to o- can only be described as a supervillain torture device. <laughs> it really is. Comes with, like, ten different lasers. I think it's, like, actually like a laser surgery table, but, man, it's just designed for you to strap somebody to and then, you know, say, I expect you to die as you laser them, basically. <laughs> it's real good. So, Rogue is trapped in this Bonville device. The lasers go on and the torture begins. Meanwhile, Rogue's stuff is shared out among the Marauders. While Hel- Helm and Bagman are not pleased by this, um, Gunner, now in the hands of expert sniper Morgan, is kind of stoked to be, learned, to be used as an implement of death and destruction. <laughs> yeah, he's like kind of into it and was pretty impressed by the dude's abilities to shoot. Yeah. Rogue, his body weakened by the torture, and then his mind weakened by his friend's apparent disloyalty, passes out, causing the traitor general to leave, also Bond villain style. Uh, the Marauders come in to gloat, and as they do, Bagman slips something to Rogue using his servo arms. <gasps> it's a laser pen. Pencil. Yeah. Pencil laser. This allows Rogue to break free from the laser table. Um, and also use part of that table to break a window, which allows chem clouds to come into the base and kill all the guards and stuff. More on this table later. <laughs> His guards killed. Rogue escapes into the jungles surrounding the base as the traitor general has Morgan kill those screw-ups because you got to kill your own guys to establish your evilness. Absolutely. And then Morgan heads out with a few others aboard, uh, like, you know, hoppers, which are these like sort of hover ships. To mm. hunt down Rogue, and they're going to use Gunner, Bagman, and Helm to do it. Which, all right then. I don't know how much help Helm's going to be, but he's there. Man, Helm does his part. I um, mean, yeah, for us, but like for them, I don't what's know. He gonna do? Rogue hides in the chem jungle, and several Marauder hoppers, led by Morgan with Gunner and Bagman, um, and a pilot wearing helm come after him. Rogue manages to take down one of the shooters on the hopper by with another piece of the torture machine that was still attached to him. Throws it so hard it explodes his head. It's all well, I mean, all these guys have like these glass domes on their head, you know? Yeah, bad choice. They're in a uh, in an explodey kind of situation. <laughs> so the uh the Marauders are zeroing in on him. Helm tries to sway the loyalty of the hopper pilots. Uh, Morgan stops, tr- starts dropping random items out of Bagman onto Rogue, and he zeroes in for a kill shot with Gunner, where the pilot cuts Morgan's harness, and he Morgan falls to the earth and dies. 
Oh, God. He, what happened? Rogue recovers his gear and talks to the Hopper. It's now the two of them versus the Marauder Force. Oh, hell yeah. Let's <laughs> the, fight some dudes. Or yeah, I fu- guess maybe not. Well, I mean, the final prog has some pretty good action, actually, as the Marauder pilot p- named Player ambushes some other Marauder hoppers. And with a combination of Player's fancy flying and Rogue's surface-to-air missiles, they're able to take down the Marauder force. With the enemies beaten the two-part ways, uh, Player's taking Helm with him as payment for services rendered. The other chips object, but Rogue says... That to stop Player after he's helped them so much would be dishonorable. So Rogue now intends to return to the Marauder base and take out the Traitor General. But the tra- but the General is ready for this! Oh yeah, like any evil villain, he's got a base auto-destruct! Yeah, well he's got, you know, he's got the base's sis- defense systems all manned, but he knows that Rogue will probably be able to defeat those. So instead, he's got his secret ace, which is of course, yes, the base self-destruct system, which he'll blow when, you know, Rogue shows up. Probably. Next time, itchy fingers. Which is, like, probably the sign of something not good going on with your body, buddy. I mean, or that you just want to shoot somebody or something like that, you know, whatever. Episode 89. Progs 289 to 292. November 1982. Through one rogue trooper. Uh, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Ca- Colin Wilson, and Brett Ewins, letting robot Pete Knight and Bill Nuttall. I am constantly impressed with how Rogue Trooper ties up loose ends by just being completely cyclical. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, we've talked before, I think, about how Rogue Trooper sort of has elements that are similar to, like, um, 70s TV shows, I guess. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, the Incredible Hulk or The Fugitive or something like that, mm. where, uh, uh, especially The Fugitive, where, you know, Richard Kimball's very much looking for the one-armed man, but a lot of times his quest for the one-armed man just takes him into random towns where he kind of has to solve a mystery or deal with a problem or something like mm. that, you know? I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. I'm just saying, like, yeah, no, I don't think doesn't yeah. have much of an arc in this. <laughs> I just think it's you know it, it makes it fun when he actually meets up with the one armed man and two of them have an interaction, as we see here, where um, Rogue is dealing with the aftermath of the Marauder situation. Uh, Rogue and Player, the pilot, are both are parting ways with, and Player has Helm as sort of payment for helping Rogue escape, basically. And Rogue goes to fight the Traitor General. The General readies his base defenses, but he knows Rogue will just get through those anyway because he's an awesome future soldier. So my my favorite part is that that is actually true. Yeah. Rogue dispatches a bunch of dudes, and we find out the strap that holds Gunner together, like or whatever, like mm-hmm. the strap that you would carry a rifle with, also serves as a uh, garrote wire. That's right. <laughs> it's it's multi purpose. <laughs> I just like, god damn. <laughs> so because of this, he also sets the base to auto-destruct. He has the, he has the base fire a pair of missiles and one of them is secretly an escape pod with him aboard, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, that's pretty smart. That's some, that's some pretty good evil guyery. Oh, definitely. Good. Leaving all your guys to die. That's, that's peak evil guyery. Like I said, the ultimate way to prove your evil is to kill your own dudes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole lot of dudes. You're exploding a base full of dudes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Rogue begins his assault as Player scans those missiles, and he finds one of them occupied. And so the, both he and Helm recognize uh, that the Trader General's plan. 
they come back to save Rogue as Player comes under heavy fire and sort of flies off with Rogue, sort of Han Solo in the Death Star style. Um, the base sort of, the base recognizes things as um, the explosions begin. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we're going to blow up. And then they blow up. Yeah. Hey, okay. you know. Yeah. Our guys escape the explosion, but player dies from the anti-air defenses, complimenting Helm for getting him to change his mind twice. Uh, but, yeah. All right. So the guy died and Helm's back. Yay. Yeah. All's well that ends well. Yeah. Rogue and the chips are reunited and they head out more determined than ever to catch the Traitor General. Or are they... Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Next up, we get sort of a short <laughs> one where, um, in a in a very cool looking uh, chem suit graveyard drawn by Brett Ewins, um, who, great who, place to take a nap. By yeah, the way, Rogue takes a nap as Gunner and Bagman <laughs> argue over the events of the last couple storylines. As Gunner is in trouble for really liking be, uh, hanging out with Morgan, the uh, the, the Nord um, sniper guy, and Bagman is accused of having loose circuits. <laughs> So they come yeah, to blows, which literally means Gunner shooting Bagman and Bagman tossing a grenade at Gunner, basically right over Rogue's sleeping body. <laughs> Rogue, I mean, and Helm, of course, waking up Rogue so that Rogue can ricochet the bullet with Helm and then also thwap, yeah. whip, or spang, sorry, spang <laughs> away the, uh, the grenade. Yeah. Only to then have Helm say, man, I totally saved the day again. Oh, these guys, they have weird, quirky personalities, and they're all getting <laughs> fucked up from being chips for so long. Hey, the, or maybe the, they were just always dicks. That's possible. So, yeah, you know, they're the original uh, odd crowd, right? What's four yeah. if three is company? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyhow. Great. They Rogue decides it's time for some time off from combat, and Bagman suggests going to uh, Europa, a sector that's been under siege for a long time and largely forgotten about by Souther High Command. Rogue agrees it's time for some peace and uh, or for some some place for quiet and sanity. As we cut to Naropa, and we see some guys running up the flag by literally running up a flagpole. Uh, yeah. Anyone else would have gone combat happy by now. <laughs> uh, it's funny because no place on New Earth is sane. <laughs> That's probably true, Although, actually. God, like Fortress Naropa, like the fucking giant wall is possibly the coolest wall ever constructed by artists. Yeah, we're continuing the rogue trooper tradition of making like World War II terminology literal. In this case, <laughs> Fortress Europe becoming Fortress Europa. Yeah, but yeah, apparently this this sort of uh, settlement was built inside a giant natural shield wall made out of unknown earth mineral, uh, new earth minerals, and it's now a self sufficient Souther colony that's been under siege from the Nords for many years, cut off from all outside communication and aid. They were actually they they were like the first to kind of defend or, or alert the South about the North's yeah. uh, like change. In in peace plans, right? And yeah, from their move towards violence, a couple like at yeah. the beginning of the war, basically. And so, I guess the Southers were just like, "Hey, thanks a bunch for that thing, but peace, you're gonna have to deal with it yourself." They're too far Amos. behind North lines, I guess, or something. Yeah. There's a final holdout. So to this Intense. situation, crawls our buddy Rogue Trooper. He uh, takes out some Norts who now officially have this very, like, kind of druidy, KKK style pointy cat mask hats. 
and then plows his way through the fort's minefield, traveling through super kick thick chem clouds, and from those clouds come Souther troops. You're dressed up as Napoleonic. Yeah, they're dressed as old troops. old French troops. They speak with a ridiculous Clouseau esque accents. <laughs> Rogue is let through and introduced to the main officer. This place used to be the Frank Sector, or called the Frank Sector, and now they call themselves the Napoleon Complex. Ah, <laughs> uh, I embrace you, Rogue Trevere. It looks like isolation and heavy chem clouds have gri- driven this whole joint mad with siege mentality. <laughs> Which is a thing. Yeah, Rogue is... That people get... Totally, yeah, I guess. Uh, Rogue is is shown around the Napoleon complex. It's all just people living their lives in old-timey France style with, like, gas masks. And in English with accents, it's very much like um, that one part in History of the World, part one, where they're like, we're so poor, we can't even afford to speak French. We speak in these accents instead, you know. (laughs) Bonjour, monsieur. Rogue is feasted by the brass, and we learn that um, even the difficult, even the, the different sectors of Naropa are cut off from each other. Uh, uh, God, if only there was a plot device on wheels. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Rogue warns about the increase in Nord aggression, including the fall of Dixie, but the Napoleon Complex guys are proud. Let them come! We don't need no stinking badges. Everyone loves Le G.I. Bleu and his buddy uh, Zahom de Sac, who's his bag hey, man. man. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that. And hey, look, we renamed this theater the Moulin Road. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I gotta say, I honestly, it's it was it was a good pun. Uh, Helm says uh, Helm provides the title of this particular storyline, saying it's less like uh, Neuropa and more like Fort Neuro, which means crazy. Um, oh my God! Do you get it? Rogue wonders what happened here, uh, looking for someone <laughs> to speak straight Souther, and he's answered by Rob S. Pierre, a Rob Runner, which is an army messenger droid. The, well, it's the, like. It's like Robespierre, but it's yeah. Robespierre. Robe runner, robe runner, go yeah. go 100 miles an hour. Anyhow, um, he offers to give Rogue a full explanation. There's also a poster on the wall here for the Ch- Charles Boyer uh, uh, fan club, who I just learned is the uh, real-life inspiration for Pepe Le Pew. So good times. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah. Next time, Alley Talk. <laughs> Hey, look, it's like I said, that guy who's going to be the plot device to get you from where we are now to where we will be. And you'll probably be dead. (laughs) I got to say, you're down on it, but but Fort Nero's one of my favorite Rogue's Trooper stories. No, Um, so, okay, I'm going to give it some guff because part of of me being sassy is like, come on, Rogue (laughs) Trooper. But, nah, man, like, I love... All of the costumes that these motherfuckers are wearing. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, I love these uh, these dumb French guys, and we're going to travel around to at least four other sections that oh, all have right. um, really just ridiculous things going on, and I'm super excited about it. You know, That's, that's real great. Like, My favorite for the, the ladies with the plume hats and absolutely. the gas <laughs> Yeah. We've talked a lot about Rogue Trooper being really serious, so I think this one where it gets a little funnier and stuff is a good uh, change, you know? 
Absolutely. I'm just calling it right now that that robot's going to explode. All right, let's keep an eye out. That was Rogue Trooper. We'll be back soon with part three, which will cover the rest of Fort Neuro as well as uh, Major Magnum and a little bit of Biowire, though we may be going out and doing a few things before we do that one. Top Rogue Trooper moments. Uh, The assault on the Dixie Front. The hang gliders of the Solar Legion are a lot of fun, as are the scum marines and their inflatable tubes that can run guys down. It's just great space weaponry. The Dixie Front's also a nice little narrative rogue, always on the run, bouncing from one front of the war to another. Along the way, we see cool combat tactics, make fun of hidebound officers, and check out some sweet, definitely not lightsaber laser swords. Next, Brass and Bland. How could I forget? Ah, oh, we'll see more of these guys later, but I love the idea of these slightly steampunk war profiteers traveling the wastes of New Earth, plundering the battlefields for loot and technology. Next, the Trader General himself. What I like most about the Trader General is just how he's just genre savvy enough to keep Rogue on his toes. Like, yeah, he'll kill his own guys and do some monologuing at key points. He'll leave Rogue tied to a death machine and assume he'll be killed by it. But he's also aware enough that if Rogue survives, that he'll be coming back and will just tear through the whole place. So he automatically sets up a self-destructive sequence, doesn't tell anybody about it, and then escapes. He makes Rogue have to work just a little bit harder and should be lauded for it. Oh, finally, last thing must be the return of Dreamweavers. Even Fox got in on the action this episode. (laughs) Ridiculous. What do you think about Rogue Trooper Volume 1 Part 2? Marauding Dixie action or just some formulaic side questing? Let me know what you think by email at spacebinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, look up spacespinner2000. We should be there. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Thank you for listening to this collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2000 AD action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for Rogue Trooper, Volume 1, Part 2. Splendig Verthrig!